Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to the Whispering Woods podcast. I'm Sarah. And I'm Toby. And this is episode number 23. This week's episode is all about... Night Marchers. It is. First of all, I would like to give a very special birthday shout out to somebody. And that somebody is you, Toby. Thank you. (laughs) So this podcast will be released on Sunday and your birthday is on Wednesday. Yep. Thirteen. Now a teenager, officially. Yeah. Oh, I hope you have a brilliant day, but obviously I'll see you then. Yeah. <laughs> right, do you know anything about the Night Marchers? No. No? Okay. I've done an introduction, and then also I've got this, like, small uh, short stories that I've bundled together. I think there's about four of them. That's the first story section, and then I've got a longer story to share afterwards. So, are you ready for the introduction? Yes, I am. Some Hawaiians believe that when you die, your spirit remains and watches from another realm. And according to Hawaiian legend, the night marchers, Hui Kai Po in native tongue, are said to be the ghosts of long-dead warriors who were tasked with protecting a sacred king, chief, or chiefess. In life, they would precede the chief in the procession, and those lower in status would have to remove their clothes, lie face down on the earth, and place their hands behind their heads, as they were deemed unworthy to look upon the sacred cavalcade as it passed. Ancient Hawaiian law also forbade any commoner to look upon the body parts of certain kings or chiefs. If caught doing so, they would ultimately lose their life, being destroyed instantly by one of the deadly warriors. In the afterlife, 
the night marches continue these parades, the unfaltering dedication to their chief enduring even death. During Pokay night, or the darkest three nights of the month, they will commence their deathly walk after sunset and march continuously until dawn, leaving no trace. As in life, the consequences of looking upon this sacred procession, when deemed as unworthy, result in punishment of the deadliest kind. The night marchers are said to incinerate any witnesses with intense light or flaming heat which is projected from their eyes. Occasionally, they can be seen during the day as they escort a dying relative to the other world. Cocaine night is sacred to the god Cain and is most often associated with the night marchers, but they can also be seen on other nights which are connected to the three great gods, Ku, Kanaloa and Lona. Dressed for battle, they will advance on the land, rising from their burial grounds or sometimes the sea. They walk en masse, areas of ancient battle sites and other sacred places. They will sound conch shells to warn of their coming and can sometimes be heard beating drums and chanting. A strong smell of sulfur is often a precursor to their arrival as it's believed that sulfur is the smell of the dead. Their feet are said not to touch the earth or water. They glide, hovering through the night, suspended in the air. No house or tree will stop this descent on the living, as they continue unabated through any obstructions in their path. Though it is said that you can deter the marchers by positioning tie plants around your home to keep evil spirits at bay. The first written account of the night marches dates back to 1883. The document describes numerous sightings of these spectral beings walking alongside the spirit of King Kumeahea the Great. Residents of the Big Island speak of seeing trails of light traversing sheer cliffs with no roads nearby. One such encounter tells of a hiker who was out at night exploring with an assembly of fellow walkers. The leader screamed at the group to get off the trail quickly, which they did. And then the hiker goes on to describe hearing heavy marching. The marching eventually grew fainter, and at this point, she looked towards the sound. As she did so, she saw the last marcher of the procession, just as he was disappearing from view. His body remained facing forward, continuing his rhythmic marching, but his head rotated around as he looked at her, dead in the eyes. Although the woman did not die, it's reported that she has never been the same since. Another tale involves two friends, Ski and Rodrigo. 
They were walking to work one dark bouquet night. One of the men, Rodrigo, pulled ahead, putting a fair amount of distance between himself and Ski. Out of nowhere, a breath of wind blew through the dark evening, and as Ski looked out across the ancient landscape, he could see lights traversing down the thousand-year-old King's Trail. Perplexed by the sight, but continuing his route, he eventually got to work and caught up with Rodrigo. He had a pained look upon his face and wouldn't look up. He was also extremely pale. He muttered to Ski, declaring that he thought he'd just seen a ghost. Ski related this sighting to his own peculiar encounter earlier and states that Rodrigo was mentally affected by this traumatic event and he too has never fully recovered from what he witnessed that night. When are the darkest three nights of the month? Right, they are towards the end of the month. So it will be like the 27th, 28th, those, you know, around about those dates, maybe the first day of the new cycle of the moon. So it's like the waning crescent. So the waning moon is when it is, as it's disappearing. And then the new moon, which is also called the dark moon. And that is what um, Pocane Night is as well. It's the 27th day. So it's when the new moon, so you can't actually see the moon. So it makes it really dark. Mm-hmm. And it's a bit similar to like when we have Halloween and we say the veil is thinning. Yeah? Yeah. They, in Hawaiian law, the veil gets thin on those nights of the dark moon. I love that because I love the dark moon. I just think even though the words conjure up this kind of really mystical type of evening that I really want to get involved with and do mystical things. <laughs> I'm getting more and more excited about starting our YouTube videos. So they're coming into play. You don't really want to be in the videos, do you, so much? No. You're a little bit shy. So Rog is going to be part of them with us and do some of the speaking. And also Molly, his daughter. So that's going to be fab. Um, And I'm saying that because I think it would be good if we actually did some of our investigating on New Moon Nights. You can feel that energy in the air. Yeah. Yeah. Right, I've got a little video so you can listen to a conch shell and how that sounds. I'll put a link for everybody else um, so they can take a listen. I just want to catch your reaction to the sound of the shell, okay? Mm, That's weird. It reminds me of the people in Black Panther, the new Black Panther. I watched the Black Panther film Mm -hmm. and there was like these new types of people in it mm. and they lived uh, in the water and they had shells in that okay. and they them. but they were like god one of them was like a god and he's got like wings on his ankle oh okay like achilles mm. is it achilles i think it is who has the wings on his ankles yeah it sounds really imagine hearing that on your own and you just see all of these uh torches like these flames going through the night not I'd bothered. be gone. Yeah. 
I think I'd be. I'm about to get sacrificed. <laughs> I'm going. <laughs> you know, when we've spoken about it before, about um, a flight or fight response, and mine tends to be freeze or play dead. Um, that would work, wouldn't it? Because I probably would just drop to the floor, um, face down, and stay there. <laughs> <laughs> I'd probably just jump on the floor and like cover myself in, in stuff as much as I can. Mm. Yeah, you just you're not meant to look. That's the main thing. You're not meant to look. Well, at I can't them. see you. You can't see me. Well, yeah, <laughs> there is that logic. <laughs> um, it just yeah, the, that sound is really quite spooky. It's quite ethereal, and yeah, yeah, it would it would do some you know that would speak to my inner being to get the hell out of there. I can just picture it. Like someone blowing that, and then like people like coming with spears, mm. and like the lights like, <gasps> yeah, like yeah, really intimidating. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, are you ready for the short stories? Yes, I am. Pepe Akio and a friend were late night fishing positioned on some rocks on the Mahukona side of the Big Island. It was around 10pm when they heard what sounded like a conch slow blowing in the distance. At first they put it down to the wind, but a few moments later the eerie sound was heard again. Only this time it was closer. Becoming unnerved, When they heard the noise for the third time, they turned to look in the direction of the sound, and both were taken aback by the sight of a line of torches that were walking in unison by the edge of the cliff. The men hastily drew their weapons, but they didn't use them. They immediately laid down on the ground, and Pepe Ecchio later said, We knew about the night marchers from other fishermen. We knew you aren't supposed to look upon the marchers and to lay on the ground face down. They remained in this position, completely terrified, as a horde of night marchers passed by at around a 50-yard distance, not raising their heads until they thought the marchers were at a safe distance. And when they eventually got to their feet... Shaken but unharmed, they could see the torches glowing in the distance and the faint sound of the conch shell as it echoed in the night. Another account from the 1940s also involved fishermen, as several of them bore witness to the ancient warriors carrying their torches across the water. They continued on to the land and then proceeded to an ancient burial ground. There are also records of night marcher sightings, bringing news of imminent death. During World War I, a family witnessed the phantom warriors passing close to their home, wearing helmets and lavish feathered cloaks. As the family knew of the legends, they immediately thought of their son, who was fighting in the war in Europe, Unfortunately, within a short amount of time, they did indeed receive the news that their son had been killed in action. A few years later, 
the mother of the family witnessed the march again and believed it to be a portent of her own death. Two days later, according to the accounts, she did in fact die. And did the night marchers foretell of the death of one-time queen, Lily Walkalani? In 1917, a ghostly procession was seen at Cow. The following day, it was reported that the queen had passed. And fascinatingly, she had ancestors who had lived in the region. Were the night marchers there to bring her to the afterlife? Lopaka Kapana, a kahuni, which is priest or spiritual practitioner, advises people not to go and seek out the night marchers. Even whistling at night may cause an inadvertent visitation. One night, he was hosting a ghost tour at a Chinese graveyard, which is said to be built on a well-known night marcher's route. All of a sudden, he felt encapsulated. The sound was suddenly gone, though he could still see the wind blowing through the trees and grass. There was also a hot sensation enveloping his body. Later on, he told a family member about the experience and was told that one of the night marchers must be an ancestor, as they are known to protect and shelter their family members from harm, telling other marchers of their kinship. They are also known to leave other warriors at peace, respecting the commonality of their peers. But as a general onlooker, if you hear the night marchers sounding the conches as a warning to all, or if you see their torches flickering in the near distance, take heed and lie face down on the earth, raising your hands behind your head. Show reverence for this legion of the dead, and you may just survive, as it is warned that if you look at them, you will die a violent and untimely death. 
so many things worn of whistling at night because it draws the attention of unwanted visitors. Interestingly, another harbinger of death, so warning about people are going to die. That's happened with um, several other folklore creatures, hasn't it? Yeah. I did that poor woman, though, she saw, when she saw the marches again, she knew that she was going to die. How terrifying is that, knowing? Yeah. You know, or maybe Where she was... Where is it again? Hawaii. Hawaii, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Imagine, yeah. I don't, Sometimes maybe that she was at peace with it because she knew it was coming, you know? Like Grandad, when he saw his mum... He started seeing, like, Grandad Cocker started seeing his mum in the room and he, t- he said to everybody, I, I keep seeing the shadow. And then he said it was his mum. And that started happening a couple of months before he passed away. Mm. I find that really comforting, you know. And yeah. when I heard it and Nanny told me, I cried. Because it's just nice to think that people come and escort you. People yeah. you love, you know, care about. Moving on now to... It's not really the second story, but it's the final story. Are you ready? Yes, I am. And this account is taken from Reddit by author Hakuna Maya. Thank you so much for letting us read your story. And I will leave a link in the podcast notes, as always. It's funny how easily a place can leave its mark on you. I'm Japanese, not Hawaiian, and I didn't grow up in Hawaii. My family has only lived on the islands for about five generations. Yet, the culture has somehow worked its way into my life. Both of my parents were born on Oahu. My family used to fly there almost every year to revisit my parents' old stomping grounds and to catch up with my five million cousins, even my mother admits she can't always keep straight. My father would eat his favourite Chinese noodles, and my brother and I would beg for shaved ice. And of course, we'd visit my grandfather's grave. I never got to know my grandfather. He was an Air Force staff sergeant during the Korean War. He died a decade before I was born and was buried in Punchhole Cemetery. The cemetery is located in a volcanic crater, looming high above Honolulu. We take the long winding road to the top and leave flowers at the plaque bearing his name. My father would tell my grandfather everything that had happened to the family within the past year and have my brother and I say hello. I can't deny it, I miss Hawaii. I want to hear the wind blowing through the ironwood trees. I want to eat malasadas from Leonard's Bakery and mountain apples from a roadside vendor. I want to wake up early enough to see and watch the morning light shine on the Hualu Mountains. It's almost enough to make me look up tickets for the next available flight. But there's a reason... I can't bring myself to go back. The last time I went to Oahu was with a college friend of mine named Chris. He and I were spending a week there for spring break. I'll be honest, I was enjoying the freedom of exploring the island without my family. 
we rented a car and spent the first two days travelling all throughout Honolulu. On the third day, we rented a car and took a road trip to the North Shore. We spent most of the afternoon there, and by the time we drove back, the sun was setting. I was driving, since I knew the geography better than Chris did. It seemed like there were no other cars along the Pali Highway that night. It felt as though the darkness was closing around the car like a fist. Next to me, Chris yawned. Hey man, can you pull over? I need to pee, he said. Seriously? I said. I glanced in the rear view mirror. Still no cars. Fine, make it quick. We were coming up on the Nu'uanu Pali Drive. I turned off the highway and pulled over once I found a good spot. With a mumbled thanks, Chris got out of the car and slammed the door. I watched him walk back the way we had come. I waited. When he didn't show up for five minutes, I became irritated. After ten, I became worried. When fifteen minutes had passed, I got out of the car. Chris, I yelled. What's taking you so long? No response. Chris, I repeated. That's when I heard a sound in the distance. It was faint, but definitely growing louder. Boom, boom, boom. It was a drumbeat, and it was coming from back towards the highway. Down the road, I saw a line of flickering lights, steadily making their way towards me. I felt a burst of fear, but I couldn't leave Chris. I cautiously crept towards the lights, staying in the shadows. As the beat of the drums vibrated through my body, the deep, low sound of the horn pierced the air. I began to notice some details of the procession. The people in front were carrying long spears and torches. A man in the centre held a large conch shell, which he blew as he walked. I ducked behind a tree as they grew closer. The first row of people were all dressed in the capes of Hawaiian warriors. Their eyes were glowing and flickering, just like the torches they carried. Their bodies and clothes were ashen white. They marched in formation, chanting words I didn't understand. The men in the row behind them were dressed in army fatigues, with rifles over their shoulders. Their eyes glowed too, and they chanted along with the warriors. On the jacket sleeve of the man closest to me, I saw an insignia of a hand carrying a torch, surrounded by a hexagon. I recognised that symbol. I'd seen it in my history books. It was for soldiers of the 442nd Regiment of World War II, composed of Japanese Americans from Hawaii. The third row contained a mix of the Hawaiian warriors and the army soldiers, except I saw that there was one chanting figure without a weapon, dressed in modern clothes. It was Chris. I gasped. The procession stopped. As one, they turned their heads and stared straight at me. I ran. I stumbled back to the road and sprinted towards the car. Behind me, the drum was beating at a frantic pace, the chanting growing louder. 
too late, I remembered the legends my parents told me. The night marchers. The ghosts of old warriors are said to wander the island at night. If you do not lie down and close your eyes when they appear, they will make you join the procession. They'd done that to Chris, and now they knew I'd seen them. I reached the car, yanked the keys out of my pocket and pressed the unlock button. The car stayed silent. I grabbed the door handle and yanked it over and over. The drumming had reached a frantic pace and the chanting had turned into shouts. I looked back. The night marchers had almost reached me. The ghosts in the front were brandishing their spears. I closed my eyes and waited for the inevitable. Suddenly a voice called out, He is mine. The chanting and drums stopped. I opened my eyes. A single ghost was standing between me and the procession. He wore a plain uniform and a cap on his head. The sleeve of his jacket had a chevron with a star in the middle. When I saw his face, for a brief moment, I thought it was my father's. The ghost pointed at me. He is mine, he repeated to the procession. The warriors lowered their spears. Slowly, the drumbeat started up again and the horn sounded. The night marchers turned away from me and continued down the road. The ghost who had spoken slipped back into their ranks and disappeared among the rows. The car unlocked with a click. I didn't question my luck. I threw myself inside and sped past the ghosts. I didn't slow down until I was back in Honolulu. I've reported Chris is missing. There's still no official word on what happened to him, although I have a feeling the police know more than they let on. Chris's parents don't talk to me. I can't blame them. How could I? When the only reason I survived was through dumb luck. At the time, I'd forgotten the final part of the Night March's legend. If they see you, you can only escape if a relative already marching with them recognises you and claims you. My grandfather. I don't know how my grandfather knew it was me. Perhaps he thought I was my father. Or maybe, when my family visited his grave, he truly listened to our greetings every year. In the morning, I bought a bouquet and drove up to the Punchbowl Cemetery. I left the flowers on my grandfather's grave. Even though I've never taken Asian filial piety all that seriously, I knelt down and bowed. It felt right. Once the police told me I could leave, I changed my ticket and flew home. I've never returned since then. I can't tell you not to visit Hawaii. It's a beautiful place full of unique experiences. But if you do go, be careful at night. If you hear drums and chanting and see a line of torches coming towards you, run away if you can. If you can't, lie down, close your eyes and don't look until they're gone. Some parts of the culture are better left alone. So that was really sad, wasn't it? About his friend being taken by the night marchers. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if they'll ever find out what happened. But yeah, as it said, he was made to join the procession. 
terrifying. Yeah. So it's not just the night marchers in this story, it's people from other armies. Yeah, because they say also say that if you are um, also a warrior, mm. you are safer than other people because they have respect that you kind of pretty much do the same job. So in Hawaiian folklore, whatever job you are doing in life is what is the job you, you do in the afterlife, but you do it just from a different realm. And I guess it makes sense that on cocaine night, that veil is thin, and that's when they sort of cross over into this world and, and people can see them. Mm, it's really, really interesting. I love the subject, the night marchers. I have a few like real favourite subjects. And they are skinwalkers corrected to ship shape. Ship? <laughs> Shapeshifters. Also, what else do I love? Black eyed kids. And I love night marcher stories. I've probably got a few, but I can't think of them now. What are your sort of favourite paranormal entities? Oh, demonic possession. I love stories about demonic possession as well. Um, I like everything. Anything that scares you, yeah? yeah. You're there for it. Nah, See, I like, I like, if I want to get scared, I, I want to watch something like really unsettling. Someone like moving in like a different way. What like, do you mean? I don't know, hard to explain. Well, give it a what? Just something unsettling that does not sit right and is uneasy like mm. seeing something that will make you feel really uncomfortable that's what mm. that's what's scary me it, it, what it, like a movie like that can you Anything. think of a, uh, can you think of a movie that has made you feel uncomfortable mm, yeah well, I haven't watched it though because it got banned because it's too scary what is it I can't remember what it's called it's Summit Tapes like the Summit Summit Tapes oh, okay but it was like um this lady, she was in the corner of a room mm-hmm. in like a basement or something, and she's like, she's got tape around her mouth. She's like, she's like scared for her life, in it. and she's she's like, she's crying and all that. Mm-hmm. And then you see this thing coming out like of just nowhere in the basement, just coming out of nowhere. It's just crawling. Mm. And it, uh, I'll show you after. Oh yeah, okay. We'll have to leave a link for. Adults, <laughs> listeners, <laughs> as well, so they know what we're on about. Tape something or other does sound a bit familiar, um, but yeah, that'll be it interesting. Was like the like something tapes. Yeah, it does sound a little bit familiar to me. Yeah, you know. But then I watch so many of the sound footage movies. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> well, that is the end of this episode. I hope you enjoyed. Please. Leave what you would like to hear and etc. Goodbye. Yeah. Um, if you'd like to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, that would be especially wonderful. Um, as always, links will to our social media will be in the episode description. And we will catch up with you next week. Be sure to listen in next week as we will be discussing the Jersey Devil. Jersey Devil? Yeah. Okay. Bye, everyone. Take care. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. 
That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.